Hi, I'm your host Lewis and welcome to the first episode of Searching for It. Throughout this podcast, we're going to explore different ideas and ways of life that allow us to achieve some kind of higher meaning or purpose, ideas and ways of life that bring us to it. To begin our journey today, we're going to spend this first episode exploring the question that was, for the French-Algerian philosopher Albert Camus, the one truly serious philosophical problem, the problem of suicide. Now, that might sound a little bit melodramatic, but I think there are good reasons to start our journey here, and so was Camus. And if you enjoy the show today, please be sure to subscribe to Searching for It on iTunes and leave a rating and a review. But for now, let's dive right into the philosophical deep end. So, as I said, you might think the beginning our search for it with the question of suicide is pretty bleak and doesn't send out a particularly positive message for the rest of the show. But I think it's important to make clear at the outset that Camus bringing up the question of suicide in a very specific context. Make no mistake, Camus isn't inviting us to consider suicide, let's say, in the face of depression or any other mental illness and he's not trying to make a point about life being boring or not worth living in some general sense. I mean, Camus would be the last guy I'd expect to be dissatisfied with his life. He led for me what's possibly the best career path of all time, setting out as a goalkeeper for one of the best football sides in Africa, before going on to becoming a leading thinker in a French existentialist scene alongside the likes of Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir. Now, instead, when Camus brings up the philosophical question of suicide, the context in which he's working is in response to a very particular problem, and this problem is the problem of the absurd. And just as Camus poses the question of suicide in the face of a very specific problem, when Camus refers to the absurd, again, he means something very specific. There's a particular philosophical definition of the absurd, and we'll come on to that in just a moment, and we'll look at why Camus finds the absurd to be such a great problem that he considers whether we should commit suicide in the face of it. But first, to understand why this question is so important in the first place, and why Camus poses this question as the one truly serious philosophical problem, and why I'm choosing to begin the whole podcast with this question, Consider that Camus is proposing that there's some idea out there, some feature of the world, the absurd, that could be so preposterous that it renders death a better alternative than life. I find this a really terrifying concept, the idea that by reading a book and learning about the absurd, you might actually discover some property of the universe that rationally leads you towards suicide. But as well as being quite a scary problem, the question of suicide is of particular philosophical importance, because if suicide really is the answer to the absurd, then philosophy would never get off the ground in the first place. I mean, what's the point in turning up to your philosophy class and writing essays on metaphysics and logic if we'd be better off committing suicide anyway? And what's the point in searching for this thing that we call it, of searching for some way of making our lives more meaningful, if death is essentially preferable to life in the first place? That's why Camus posed this question as the one truly serious philosophical problem, because it's only by answering it that we're justified in continuing with the rest of philosophy and in a future episodes of this podcast, in searching for the best way to live our lives. Now for those listeners who haven't come across Camus in the notion of the absurd, this introduction might all sound really weird. I mean, sure, life can seem kind of crazy at times, maybe even absurd, but it seems a bit of a stretch to say this should make us want to kill ourselves. I think in order to really appreciate where Camus is coming from here, we'll need to understand what Camus is referring to when he talks about the absurd, and why this should render suicide a live option. I think the best way of getting to grips with the concept of the absurd is to look at it through a metaphor, and in fact this is exactly what Camus invites the reader to do in his main book on the subject, The Myth of Sisyphus. And it's through this ancient Greek story of Sisyphus that Camus himself actually demonstrates the concept of the absurd in his book. So for those of you who've never heard The Myth of Sisyphus, the story begins with King Sisyphus, who was a pretty nasty kind of guy by all accounts, who raped and murdered his way through his reign over Corinth. 
Now, Sisyphus wasn't really the kind of guy you'd want to trust with a secret, so as much to Zeus's annoyance when Sisyphus heard down the grapevine that Zeus has kidnapped Agina, the daughter of the god Asopus. And to cut a long story short, with a bit of bargaining here and there, Sisyphus ended up going behind Zeus's back and telling Asopus where he could find Agina. Now, this really ticked Zeus off, who, as a punishment, banished Sisyphus to the underworld. But being the crafty kind of guy he was, Sisyphus actually managed to escape the underworld in a funny little episode in which, having suggested that Hades tries out his new pair of handcuffs on himself first, Sisyphus trotted back to Earth on his merry way to continue raping and murdering with Hades locked up in chains. So finally, and this is where the story ends, Zeus gives Sisyphus his Class A punishment saved for the worst baddies of the worst. Zeus condemned Sisyphus to a fate worse than death. Sisyphus was to push a gigantic boulder to the top of a hill, where it was to roll back down again, and to push it back up again, and to do this again and again and again until the end of time. For a few listeners, this might ring a bell. The image of Sisyphus with his muscles bulging, pushing his body weight into the boulder, is a really popular image, and I'm pretty sure I've seen it on a few tattoos. And it's in this image that Camus grounds his notion of the absurd. This image of Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill again and again is an illustration of constant effort and strife, but the effort's absolutely futile, there's no end game to be working towards, there's no meaning, no purpose, and no point. And for Camus, this futile attempt to achieve something, but never actually quite getting anywhere, is a pretty good metaphor for life itself. And again, this might all sound unnecessarily bleak. I mean, each and every one of us has hopefully accomplished at least something that's actually been successful. I mean, you know, the boulder doesn't roll back down every time. I mean, when I cook fajitas with nachos on the side, for example, and I eat it, I mean, this is usually a great success. The boulder stays on top of the hill and I enjoy myself. And what's more, even when you look beyond these isolated instances in which we achieve something, I think many of us will share this optimistic attitude about our lives taken as a whole. You know, who can deny the elderly man who declares that he's lived a happy life, having worked a job he loved, seen the world and raised three beautiful children alongside a loving wife? Hasn't he managed to balance the boulder on the top of the hill and finally rest? When Camus likens our lives to Sisyphus's struggle, Camus's not necessarily saying that we can never experience these instances of happiness. Instead, Camus making his point in a more specific context, in reference to the central theme of this podcast, which is, for want of a better word, the meaning of life, or, in Camus' eyes, the lack of meaning to our lives. So to look a bit deeper into this, for Camus, the absurd is essentially a conflict between two facts. On the one hand, humans inevitably search for the meaning of their existence. Humans want to know who they are, why they're here, what this life's all about. And each of you a testament to that by listening to this podcast that's trying to answer that very question. But on the other hand, Camus takes as a premise for his argument the idea that the meaning of life is essentially undiscoverable. Now make no mistake, Camus not necessarily asserting that life has no meaning, just that we can't grasp that meaning. So if there is some meaning out there, it would lie beyond the narrow confines of human understanding. For example, we can't know that living a Christian life is the right thing to do, just as we can't know that the path to transcendence is lying in bed taking psychedelic drugs all day. We can't see meaning or purpose in the same way that we can see a table or a chair, and nor does it seem clear that it's even possible to prove that one such spiritual belief is true while another's wrong. And it's when you put those two facts together, on the one hand the human need to cry out to the universe for some kind of meaning, and on the other the refusal of the universe to provide a meaning, that's when you see the absurd. In this respect, seeing the absurd is a bit like having an existential crisis. You come to question the meaning and the purpose of your life, and you have the horrifying realisation that you don't have any. But the absurd isn't just about questions about the meaning of life. You see the absurd whenever the universe fails to meet the demands of human need, 
and responds only with silence. So a common example would be death, and you see the absurd here when you continue to long for an afterlife but it's not at all clear that there is one. And can we give some more mundane examples? So, so for example, picture a trench in World War I and you get a rogue soldier who sticks his head above the parapet and jumps out and goes charging through no man's land, hoping to take on a group of machine gunners with just his sword. Now, in the everyday sense of the word, this is absurd, it's a stupid thing to do. But also in the philosophical sense of the absurd, you see the absurd here in the contradiction between the swordsman's intentions on the one hand, and on the other his inevitable failure. And equally, of course, Sisyphus himself embodies the absurd, and this is in the absurd contradiction between the passion with which he lived his life on earth, and then the eternal futility of the task to which he's been condemned. And in the context of Camus' argument, it's important to bear in mind that Camus takes the absurd as a premise of his argument. It's not something that he argues for. Camus begins his whole project from the assumption that life is absurd, that the human desire to find meaning is impossible in what seems to be a meaningless world. And it's from this starting point that Camus asks, well, what do we do in the face of the absurd? So if we're going to take Camus' thought seriously, we need to grant the concept of the absurd in the first place. But to be fair, there's definitely some credence behind the idea that the world is absurd. Camus describes the world as being indifferent, and I think that's a really good way of putting it. You know, the universe doesn't care what you do. The universe doesn't make things turn out fairly, and good things don't always happen to good people. The universe is kind of silent in its refusal to provide answers about the meaning behind it all. The universe just is. We're born into the world without choosing to be here, we die without choosing to leave, and in between we live our lives with no explanation as to why we're here. So what do we do in the face of the absurd? And as I say, this question might resonate with any listeners who have experienced an existential crisis, if you've come to realise there's no real purpose behind your life and what you do, and it makes you question why you do it at all. A suicide, of course, is one option that Camus proposes, but this is just one of three choices that Camus thinks we can make in the face of the absurd. And I think probably the most common one is what Camus describes as philosophical suicide, as opposed to physical suicide. Now this is the pretty unforgiving and dismissive term that Camus gives to those who avoid engaging with the absurd by adopting some religious or spiritual or otherwise philosophical belief designed to provide some kind of meaning or purpose. So anyone who finds their lives meaning in religion would fall under this category, but this would also apply to any non-religious person who creates their own meaning out of nothing. Now for example, Camus is famously determined not to describe himself as an existentialist, which is someone, in a nutshell, who believes that they can give their own meaning to their own life and he'd criticise these guys for failing to take the absurd seriously. I think embodying this existentialist attitude to the absurd is probably pretty popular. So you'd be taking this approach if you're, for example, a socialist who finds meaning in trying to create some socialist utopia. And you'd also be taking this approach if you're a scientist who finds meaning in the development of science. But equally consumerists who spend their lives indulging in the simple pleasures pumped out by the entertainment industry, even they embody philosophical suicide by halting their search for answers to life's greatest questions and opting to stick their head in the sand instead. But for Camus, any meaning that you create here is essentially just that. It's created, it's manufactured. If you think you found some kind of meaning here, what you've done is you made a leap of faith that goes beyond rationality. You've adopted a system of beliefs without having any kind of tangible rational justification for it. And for example, in the context of religious belief, the philosopher Kierkegaard uses this very expression, leap of faith to describe the logical jump you have to do in order to fully commit yourself to a religious belief. But although Kierkegaard saw no problem with making such a leaf, he thought it's something you kind of have to do, it's precisely this move away from the confines of logic and reason that prompts Camus to label this approach philosophical suicide. It involves sacrificing your intellectual integrity and sacrificing authenticity for the sake of some contrived sense of meaning. So, if creating our own meaning or purposes off the cards, what do we do in the face of the absurd? 
And this is where Camus proposes the idea of actual physical suicide. I mean, why continue toiling away at a life that cannot and will not deliver anything of value anyway? If we accept that we're living in an absurd world, and we don't want to compromise our integrity by creating some fabricated sense of meaning, all we're really doing is slogging away day after pointless day, completing activity after pointless activity, and there's not even any light at the end of the tunnel anyway. Once some meaningless life has run its course, we die and that's that for the rest of eternity. Living's kind of like playing a game where the rules are rigged such that you always lose. So, maybe we'd be better off speeding up the process and opting out of this absurd life right away. But don't worry listeners, Camus does promise a happy ending, or at least as happy as it can be in this situation. Just as Camus dismissed philosophical suicide as the incorrect response to the absurd, Camus absolutely does not believe that physical suicide is the way to go either. Besides philosophical and physical suicide, Camus' third way is what he calls revolt. And this is where Camus' philosophy really begins, where it really gets going. Although, strictly speaking, Camus' argument to this question is probably more of an attitude than it is a precise philosophical position. So once we've removed our collective heads from the sand and we stop kidding ourselves into thinking there's some higher purpose to life, we've left philosophical suicide behind us. But this then leaves one of two doors open to us. We can accept the absurd, which would involve going along with it and letting it defeat us, and this is the path that those who favour physical suicide take. But for Camus, this isn't a very good response to the absurd, because the universe will continue to be absurd regardless of whether or not we commit suicide. We don't defeat it by doing so. So instead, what we can do is revolt against the absurd. We can accept the absurd in the sense that we're fully and lucidly aware of the absurd and we don't pretend to have found some meaning elsewhere. But unlike those who commit physical suicide, we do not accept the absurd in the sense that we do not accept defeat. And I think there's a couple of key attitudes at play here in Camus' notion of revolt. Firstly, you've got scornfulness and a contempt towards the absurd. And then secondly, you've got defiance and an unwillingness to let the absurd control your destiny. So I think a nice example of how this attitude of revolt might play out in the face of the absurd is to think back to when you're a child and imagine you've done something mischievous, like maybe you've been stealing cookies from the cookie jar and your parents have subjected you to some punishment. So here you're the child, your parents are in control, and you can't just refuse to be punished. But what you can do is actually enjoy the punishment. I mean, what better way to frustrate your parents than to come up with games to play on the naughty stair and actually relish your punishment? For those listeners who have seen Fight Club, you might remember that scene where the protagonist Tyler Durden, he's being beaten up by the owner of the bar whose basement he's been using for his underground fights. And each time Tyler gets punched in the face, he laughs and he smirks at the mobster kneeling down over him. And the mobster's face is a real picture as he gets more and more frustrated that whatever he does, he can't subdue Tyler. Now, it might not be the perfect response. In an ideal world, just as the child might not have been punished in the first place, we might know the meaning of our lives, we might know that we have some afterlife to be working towards and we wouldn't need to worry about that anyway. But to the extent that you go along with Camus in accepting the brute fact of the absurd, and that's all that we have to work with, Perhaps a revolt is simply the best we can do. We might not be able to escape the absurd, but what we can do is we can refuse to admit defeat the absurd, and we can spend the rest of our lives rebelling against it. And to relate this back to the myth of Sisyphus that we discussed at the beginning of this episode, this is exactly what Camus imagined Sisyphus to do. While Sisyphus can't escape his fate, he can't escape his punishment, and he's going to be pushing boulders up that mountain for the rest of the time whether he likes it or not, Sisyphus is in control of escaping the despair that comes along with it. Camus concludes by writing, The struggle is enough to fill a man's heart. One must imagine Sisyphus happy. Sisyphus knows his fate, he knows he can't change it, and he doesn't even hope for better. But he's able to accept it and keep pushing on anyway, and live his life with vigour and intensity, and in doing so Sisyphus becomes superior to his fate, he owns it and he defeats it. For those listeners who are interested in finding out a bit more about the revolt that Camus advocates, 
Camus wrote a really good book called The Stranger or, or The Outsider that shows what a rebellion against the absurd would look like in the real world. The novel begins with one of the most memorable opening lines in literature, with the absurd hero Merceau writing, Mother died today, or maybe yesterday, I don't know. Which I think really sets the tone for the refusal to adhere to social norms just for the sake of it. And throughout the novel, Merceau moves from this nihilist who doesn't really care about anything, to becoming the absurd hero who sees the meaningless of it all, but truly embraces it and embodies the spirit of Sisyphus. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Camus' argument in The Myth of Sisyphus doesn't really function as a step-by-step logical argument, and it only even gets off the ground once you grant the assumption that we do live in an absurd world. And even once you do accept the notion of the absurd, that we don't know why we're here, what we're doing, where it all goes, each person's way of confronting the absurd is likely to be a deeply personal choice, and I'm not sure that Camus' argument's going to resonate with everyone. But even if Camus' argument isn't provable per se, I think there's a real beauty behind his approach. Just like those old British keep calm and carry on posters, you gotta do what you gotta do. You've been put here and you can't change it, but you might as well make the most of it. While we might not be able to give meaning to life, we can still give value to life. We avoid philosophical suicide by remaining aware of the absurd, we don't try to hide from it. But instead, we rebel against it and through sheer will and passion, we can make our lives worth living. And maybe that's as good as we're gonna get. So, on the assumption then that we've answered the one truly serious philosophical problem and we've rejected suicide in the face of the absurd, then hopefully this should give us the foundation from which to begin the rest of our journey throughout this podcast and try to find that elusive it that we can live our lives striving towards and see if we can do so without committing philosophical suicide. In the next episode in two weeks' time, we'll begin this journey by taking a look at Jack Kerouac and exploring what he meant by what he himself referred to as it, which he found in his exhilarating and frenzied adventures on the road with Neil Cassidy. And don't forget, if you enjoyed the episode today, please be sure to subscribe to Searching Fit on iTunes and leave a rating and a review. Or if you'd like to support the show, please head to www.patreon.com forward slash searching for it. Until then, see you next time.